Hi everybody, welcome into the Irish NFL show. It is Monday night. Delighted to be joined by Colin, Mark, uh, Brian, and myself. That shows you how awake I am after last night. Uh, how are we getting on, boys? Uh, the Irish NFL show was presented by Matchbook Betting Exchange. £20, €20 Euro welcome offer is money back as cash if your first bet loses. The promo code is Irish NFL show and the T's and C's are all below 18 plus. Please gamble aware. How are we all doing? Uh, fantastic. What, what a, a week uh, 18. Just uh, a reminder, if one was needed, of why we love this game. The thrills, the spills, the always expect the unexpected. And uh, last night was just fantastic. When the league finally got their way and got this week 18, there was a lot of people that were opposed to it. And they said the risk and health and safety to the players, I don't think anybody happened taking their time out yesterday whether they're in the States or whether this side of the world, to watch seven hours of complete and absolute madness. I can't recall a weekend like it. I really can't. I know there wasn't that many permutations. Well, we didn't think there was. But the way it played out last night, and it was capped off with arguably the, the best Sunday night football game of the season. JFK being assassinated, 9-11, Princess Diana. There are certain moments you remember where you were at that moment in time. Um, week 18 of the 2021 NFL season might quite go up there. Literally, Michael, Scarlett Johansson could have been naked in front of me yesterday and I'd have told her to get the hell out of the way of the TV. It was drama. It was classic. It was it was unreal. I mean, I actually, I don't know, where do you start? What do we talk about? Like, I mean, there's just oh, so much to talk about. There's so much to talk about. There, there is. Uh, and I think we're going to start AFC, then NFC, and then coach hirings, firings. If you want to get a comment or question in tonight, folks, please do so. YouTube, uh, search Irish NFL Show. That's the best bet. Also, Facebook. We're on our Facebook page, Irish NFL Show, and also NFL Ireland's Facebook page. Uh, very quickly, just a very quick look ahead to the weekend. Raiders, Bengals, Patriots, Bills, Eagles, Bucks, 49ers, Cowboys, Steelers, Chiefs. Uh, and Cardinals Rams. We'll, we'll we'll talk about the permutations. We'll talk about how we got there. Uh, welcome into Owen Niner Nation. Uh, and Neil, you're 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 fully right. The the frills, the spills, the quarterback sneaks. And I was going to save this until the end of the show. But Brian, uh, we all have the same amount of touchdowns as Kenny Galladay this year. Uh, not just you, so I'm not singling you out. But uh, we'll try and get we talk about the Giants in at some point as well. Hopefully uh, towards the end of the there show. Wasn't a, Who knows? There, there wasn't a quarterback sneak though. Anybody who watched American football knows the play call was a victory formation play, not a quarterback sneak. Have yeah, you been, been preparing that all day? I, have you been rehearsing that all day? I knew what was happening at the time. I don't really want to think that's what we should be starting to show. In fairness, I think that's for the for the, the dribble at the end. This is the bigger thing to talking about than victory formations on a tour de nine, which four minutes to go in the, sec, in the second quarter. <laughs> Excuse me, absolutely. And I obviously welcome in everybody. We're, we're also presented by Trust Gaming. Let's get a let's let's get underway. Um I couldn't believe what happened last night in Jacksonville. It's funny because Jacksonville have three wins this year. Am I right? The game at the game in London that we were at, the game against the Bills, and now the game against the Colts. Uh, stunning, stunning upset. And Colin, uh the Colts are out. The Colts had it all to play for Jonathan Taylor, MVP. I, I, don't, I don't want to hear a word of it now because that was atrocious. Well, you, you, you won't hear a word of it, Michael. It's done. It's it's over. Um, but it was awful. It, it was so bad. 
Well, it's hardly on on him. Where where do you want to begin? The entire you honestly from the entire Coles organization needs to look at itself in the mirror. Frank Reich won't be sacked, shouldn't be sacked, but I think you can gen, genuinely say um, the Coles have gone in the last two weeks from seven Pro Bowlers, which is the most in the league. Um, uh, you're looking at Jonathan Taylor talked about as an MVP. I thought up to that point he was brilliant. Um, a defensive player of the year talked about um, to ending the season feeling about as bad as I think any anyone else in the league. I mean, yesterday wasn't just bad. It wasn't a fluke. They were beaten up. They were beaten up on both sides of the ball. John Taylor had 77 yards. He was stopped twice on fourth down. And not just stopped. I mean, he was stopped. Um, but ultimately, like this, uh, I mean, the history was there. We talked about it. Uh, they had lost um, six road games. It's now seven. Everyone else, um, you know, in that period, um, I think, uh, has uh, just winning records over the Jags, but not not the Colts. Uh, and then ultimately, you look at the Carson Wentz trade. So the Colts got Carson Wentz, the Eagles got a top 20 pick, a third round pick, 103 million in cap relief, and the Eagles are in the playoffs and the Colts are not. So um, Howie uh, certainly came up smelling of roses in in that one. Uh, They might forgive him for Jalen Rieger. Uh, now, no, they won't. But um, certainly after after that, uh, I think the, the Eagles will be very happy. I mean, I it was. I've been watching football 35 years, and it was the biggest meltdown by an individual player. For, like, not, not Peterman at the, the Bills. This was, like, a guy who we know can play, but you just watched him. And you just saw the cogs turning in his head saying, I shouldn't throw this. No, I won't. And then he did. And then you could see him go, oh, I shouldn't have done that. It was horrific from top to bottom. There is nobody from the, the Coles who will come out of that. Um, in like, It's just a disaster. Brian, is Carson Wentz finished in Indianapolis? Well, I think the difficulty they have is they're as Colin has rightly called out in terms of the trade value last, last March when the deal was made, like there's so much gone into that deal. Where did it go? Because they've given up quite a lot to get him. Obviously there was permutations within the, you know, clause within that particular trade in terms of if he played or whether they made the playoffs, but they're giving up a force to give up a tour to walk away from him now. You know, I'm sure there's not called fans today that would be frustrated and say, yeah, we should walk away from him because but in fairness to us, we've been talking about it over the past few weeks now poorly he's played and it just got takes back to I'd say the second half of the game against the Patriots on that Saturday night he wasn't very effective in that game and he was masked by Jonathan Taylor he didn't play too well in Arizona and last week he struggled again and yesterday you know, for an offensive line that was really good against the Patriots a few weeks ago they need to take a level of the blame because he was beat up yesterday six sacks I know there's two turnovers which were really poor and one of them a lot of people felt today was actually should have been an incomplete pass and not a fumble but it is what it is. Um, look, it's the worst performance offensively since November 2019, and what a time to have it. In a game that yesterday we all felt they'd win, but we did call out, we did call out little, little components or little nuggets of information that we felt may help the Jags, which was nothing to play for. They've, they've had the course on them for the last few years, and Wentz hadn't been playing well. And if they could hold Taylor, which the Raiders did, 
quite well last week for large parts of the game. They can hold Taylor down. You're relying on Wentz to win the game, and we know that's a question mark and has been for quite some time. Yeah, I mean, was it Rich Eisen came out with the line of the weekend on the Colts? He said they in two weeks they've gone from being the team no one wanted to face in the playoffs to not in the playoffs. And Jonathan Taylor might, you know, reconcile himself and go to bed at night with the rushing uh, title by a massive 552 yards, but he's the first rushing leader since Mojo back in 2011 not to be going to the playoffs. Uh, and when, I mean, where do you start? I mean, like, seriously, we, we have been calling out for several weeks. Let me look at the lines. They're not very, you know, dr- dramatic. Do you trust Carson Wentz? No, nobody trusts Carson Wentz. But he's had eight games. I think I tweeted out yesterday, eight games below 200 yards. He only had two, three, uh, sorry, two with more than 300-yard passing. He has not been just, it's not even been that he's not been leading them to games. There's one or two. Christmas Day probably was one of his highlights in relation to it, but it's, it's been the fact that he hasn't even been that like consistent player. They've, they've been looking for a Jimmy Garoppolo type player. Like um, uh, who who was it that led the, the Ravens in 2000? Um, God, name forget, escapes me at the moment now. And Quarterback, Trent Dilfer. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I was doing 11 plus mark. So Trent Dilfer. Yes, thank you. Trent Dilfer. That's exactly what they're looking for. They're looking, don't turn the ball over, be consistent, make you know throws on third down when you need to. Um, he hasn't been able to perform in that regard. And I, I don't know, guys. I mean, I'll be honest. The, it was fantastic that it happened in so many ways because that unleashed the carnage and the chaos that was then to follow. I mean, Brian, you're right. We did call out a couple of things about the Jags, but let's be fair. We all picked the Colts. We all kind of assumed that like, ah, one's addressed. I think I laughed off the idea that the Steelers and the Ravens still had a playoff shout a couple of weeks ago um, because it seemed like such a long shot. And ultimately, if you're a Colts fan, you're looking at this going, how did we do this? They've gone from beating the Patriots and kind of looking, it's like still there was options, still maybe they could make the Titans nervous, to losing at home to the Raiders and then losing away to the Jacks. Either one would have done. It wasn't just this week, it was last week as well. So, you know, sorry to Colts fans out there, but my God, did it set up the fun to follow. Um How's the maths, guys? How was the, the, the calculations on all the permutations flying at that point in time? Well, I, I think the other thing, just to give the the Jags um, some credit, like this was probably Trevor Lawrence's best performance of the entire season. This, you know, potentially his coming-of-age game in the league. He really looked in control and to compare and contrast him with Wentz uh, was um, night night and day. And the the Jag, the Jags, in fairness, like the I thought Gotsis had a, a great game. Josh Allen, um, while, you know, came up big when when needs be with two sacks. So you'd have to to say this is a, a Jags team who they are you know statistically the worst. They will pick number one. Um, but they have at at times this season they have surprised teams um, because they this was as I said their best performance. But in their their there were wins their wins over the um, the Bills they like they absolutely shut down that Bills offense. Now they didn't do much themselves, but they shut down the Bills offense. So they are a strange um, team, and this was you know half the fans showed up in uh, in clown costumes. 
but it was ultimately uh, the Colts. Um, so I don't know if the team bus was a clown car for the Colts uh, going back to Indianapolis and uh, they all got out at Lucas Oil, but and uh, just a day to forget for the Colts. Can I just make one quick observation here? I think, especially with the year that's in it, that we lost John Madden, you can't help but think back to John Madden's famous voicemail to Tom Coughlin, New York Giants, back in 2007, when they played to win, when they played all their starters in week 17 against the Patriots. And he left this great voicemail about, like, what you've done is one of the best things for the NFL in a long time. You should always play to win the game. Fair play to you all as the basic tenet. L yesterday, it wasn't just the Jacks. It was the Lions who had an opportunity basically to get the number one pick and still played hard and still finished out against Green Bay. Like literally, they were like, the Jags are up by miles. We could stop playing now. And Campbell's gone drilled. They're going to play hard. The Texans terrified the living bejesus out of the Titans at one point that it looked like they were going to throw it away. The Jets played the Bills hard. And then, of course, the Raiders and the Chargers, when there was every opportunity and we'll come to it, I know, to stop playing, they continued and they went for it. I mean, that was one of the most positive things. After the debacle of Sunday Night Football last year with that Phillies and uh, Washington game, wasn't it just great to see so many teams put everything in it till the last possible moment? Yeah, Scott Hansen kept repeating the fact in the last quarter. I mean, when, it, when they were jumping from the Lions game back to Jacksonville and Texans game around permutation around draft picks, at that moment in time, the pure excitement that's going on and the intensity of those games, Nobody is concerned about where they're picking in the draft come April. Dan Campbell on the sideline is probably thinking, I'll get more out of this win against the Packers for my team going forward as a, as a, as you know, dropping the game and taking their own pick. There's three or four edge rushers coming out. Whatever one you get in the first five, you'll be happy with. So he did, but he kept, he kept coming back to it all the time. And I was like, just forget about it. These games are great. Like you said, these teams are playing to win. Didn't matter what the, what the outcome of their season was. Feeling a bit um, emotional tonight about Scott, and uh, want to thank Scott for everything he's done for us over the last eighteen Sundays. It's going to be a hard few months. Trevor Lawrence, uh, 20, 20 flee, thirty-two, two hundred and twenty flee yards, two touchdowns. Adam Gostas, six sacks. Uh, do you know what? I wasn't going to say it, and I think I'm going to get people riled up tonight on a few things. The course didn't show up. I think the Colts been in there thinking, "Ah, let's be a piece of piss." Genuinely, I understand the Jaguars played very well, but I think they had an arrogance about them, thinking they'd win, the, they'd walk back in, and they were completely played off the park. I don't think you can, you know, can argue with that, Michael. I think there's a, it's a very valid point. There's a certain bit of complacency, you know, there's a certain bit of complacency that's got into the game. I think don't think that's the ultimate reason as to why they lost, but um, they never got it going. You know, uh, I put it more down to the quarterback struggles than complacency. But yeah, it's it's valid. It's a valid point as well. Alrighty, we've a lot to get through because I think the Sunday Night Football one will take us an hour to talk about. But uh, <laughs> let's talk about the Steelers against the Ravens. Big Ben is still alive for at least another week. I can't wait to hear your picks ahead of that on Sunday, boys. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> Come on. Oh, uh, fair, fair play to the Steelers. The Steelers get the win over the Ravens, and Colin Big Ben lives to fight another day. But for a, a, for a neutral watching that game, it it, it was enthralling. 
Well, I said it would be a slugfest, and that's exactly what it was, because when you have Pittsburgh um, up against Baltimore, you have two teams that, you know, don't particularly like one another, and um, you've got defenses that are going to show up big time. For Ben, in 18 seasons, he's never finished below 500. Um, which is uh, quite phenomenal, obviously. And TJ Watt gets um, the the sack to equal the official record. Um, now, will he get another half a sack off of Huntley? Maybe he will. Um, but obviously, the you know the NFL only started officially recognizing sacks in '82, and you had Detroit's Al Baker who recorded 23 sacks in his rookie year in '78. Um, he was actually um, rooting for Watt to get there, and if Watt gets another half a sack off Huntley, maybe maybe he will. Um, but for me, look, this highlights um, you know Mike Tomlin is is magic. He he got the the Steelers, I think, through sheer force of personality. He willed them um, to to the playoffs um, because you know we there's a lot of talk about um, Peyton Manning being a, a shadow of his former self, but this is the same with Ben. And Najee Harris, I think he three was it three hundred eighty one touches I saw that he had, and he didn't fumble um, at, at all during the the season. So quite the the rookie campaign. He didn't have the big breakout games maybe um, that people were expecting at times, uh, but you'd have to say really important piece of the Steelers making it to the the playoffs. And um, yeah, let's uh, look for them. They, they 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 got there i think they'll worry about the the chiefs next week yeah a game that only took place three or four weeks ago in arrowhead where they were blown out 26 10 and i think that even was, that was kind on that game because i think even Mahomes and the guys took players out early in the in the second half um you yeah, look got him you touched on my time and they finished the season nine and seven and that draw obviously against the lions and you know for games where we saw so they were so restrictive on offense and so conservative at the time because how big Ben it was Evan, he was struggling for them to be where they are. It's, again, it shows the, ma- the manner of the head coach is. On the Ravens side, uh, I myself American touched on it, six losses in a row toward the, to finish off the season, and that'll get glossed over because the head coach and obviously there's a few games they could have won if they had to wait into overtime. But I think Lamar Jackson would probably be the one coming out of this, you know, better off because financially he might be better off with that contract because it's it's clear that this team revolves around him and what's hunting is a good backup. I don't think he's at the, the level that Mary Jackson is, and they'll obviously have him back next season, which would be a plus for them, and then they'll be back again playing. But yeah, it, it was a bit weird because it got to a stage where is anybody going to win this game? Are we actually going to have a draw and eliminate them both? But um, very, very unusual game. Um, Jesus, where to go? Um, TJ Watt, he got the sack record, let's remember, in 15 games, not 16, because he missed two games. So he's actually did it better than Michael Strahan. And I'm delighted you brought that up, Stephen. I brought that up a few times in the last few weeks. It is a fake record. TJ Watt's the real holder, because Brett Favre even admitted afterwards he gave that to Michael Strahan. So I hope TJ Watt gets the extra half sack and we can remove Michael Strahan's fake record from the history books forevermore. Um that being said, it wasn't just that. The drama, the intrigue. I mean, two of the biggest rivals of all time going toe-to-toe. The fourth and eight from the Baltimore 41. Um, you know, Ben is about as mobile as, I don't know, 
uh, a guy being whacked by the, the mob standing in his feet of cement at the moment. And let's face it, that Pittsburgh offensive line wants to get everyone in the backfield killed at various times. Connor mentioned, like, Najee Harris hasn't necessarily had breakout games. When's he had a chance to? Like, even again, this Baltimore game, and obviously Baltimore have a decent defense, albeit that they're suiting up anyone they find off the street in the secondary. Um, he was 10 rushes for 13 yards prior to his very, very last rush, which was for 15 yards to break that last bit equally open. So it wasn't a 51-yarder for Boswell. It was a 36-yarder. So he, he knew when to break it out at the right time at the, his best rush of the game. But frankly, um, it, you couldn't write it better. Like any given Sunday, Friday night lights, try writing the drama like that. With the Colts game going that way, the two old-timers kind of like – the two old rivals fighting it off and Big Ben there, I don't know, like old Methuselah trying to fight to the last. Um one of my favorite lines by Dylan Thomas, do not go quietly into the dying of the, into the light, rage, rage against the dying of the light. Um, he, he's trying that every which way. Um, the last thing, just on the Ravens, there's a couple of teams whose season was just derailed by the most important injury to the most important player, and that is the quarterback. You can argue the Dolphins' season was derailed in week two. Two are missing three games then, and that put them on the wrong track at the right wrong time of the season. And, of course, Baltimore, as Brian just said, six losses in a row. Just one of them goes the other way. Um, do Ravens fans anguish over those two-point conversions? Yes, I'm pretty sure they will for most of the offseason. But more importantly, if Lamar Jackson hadn't missed the last four games of the seasons, it could have gone a different way. Credit to um, whichever hardboard it is, John Harbour, um, for keeping their season somewhat on track, given the amount of injuries they suffered during the year. But it wasn't to be. And the Steelers somehow, some way, despite multiple heart attacks, will come to about the tie scenario uh, go through. Just what drama, what a game. Uh, yeah, Harbour at, uh, in Baltimore since 2008. It's the first time the Baltimore Ravens have finished fourth uh, in the AFC North. So it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back. Obviously, had a lot of things going on there this year, and um, and and an interesting year in that division. Um, I think we can all agree that Ben Roethlisberger is nowhere near the player that he was. He's not. He's 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 a shadow of himself. But he still put up two hundred forty-four yards yesterday, albeit one one interception, one touchdown, thirty of forty-four. Um, look, if I've learned anything yesterday, and I'm not just talking about this game, I'm talking about everything. It's not over till it's over. It's not. The man looks like he's found, like he's on the rip and he's found a, a bag of cans and he's he's still going at six in the morning. He's finding a way. He's he's going to keep going. I I can't wait for this game at the weekend. Seriously, I don't know what it is. If it's Najee Harris or, or TJ Watt or whoever, I, I just... Maybe the Chiefs will blow them out, but uh, if they blow them out, they blow them out. But I just got some some spidey sense in, in inside of me, folks, is thinking, hmm, is this Ben Roethlisberger's last game? I don't know what it is, but Jesus, fair, fair play to the Steelers yesterday for getting that over the line because uh, those short passes, yeah, they might not be that productive, but they work for the Steelers. So fair, fair play to Big Ben getting it done. Uh, Peyton Manning-esque 2015. 
Um, Will I am apparently came up. Oh, sorry, Mike Tomlin apparently came up to him in the locker room um, and only had a brief moment with him, but did say, uh, "Was it Peter King reported? He said, "I'm not done with you yet, big boy." Was the line <laughs> against Rutgers program? <laughs> that sums up a lot in a very short point. So we look forward to the game. Will I am wishes he would have as successful as Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. <laughs> The other thing on this is just in in a season where we've seen quarterbacks get more protection than ever before, and some of the roughing the passer calls have been quite extraordinary. Um, the the hit that took Lamar Jackson out of the the season, um, you know, um, hi Roger Goodell, you might um, want to to look at some of your rules because uh, ultimately. Um, on the the biggest stage, you missed out on one of your biggest stars being able to to play. Okay, I like it. I like it. Uh, Steelers are going to Arrowhead on S- Sunday Night Football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Al Michaels' penultimate game, arguably or potentially of his career. Michelle Tafoya also leaving NBC at the end of the season. There's your fun fact of the week from Mike. Uh, okay. Let's talk about it. Let, let's talk about Sunday Night Football. Um, I don't like either of these teams as a, as a Broncos fan, as an AFC West fan. But as a, as a football fan, I didn't think I would feel like this. But whenever the Raiders done it and, and won the game, I was livid. I don't know why. <laughs> I really don't know. I can understand why they done it. But for a good portion of this morning, I was fuming. I thought the tie would have been hilarious. It would have been a bit of crack. But my God, what was Rory McIlroy doing, Colin? Sorry. Um, what was uh, Steely doing as uh, just in regards to that timeout? He looks a bit like Rory McIlroy. You know? Yeah, uh, a, a, a little bit. And and maybe maybe Rory would have made better um, decisions. <laughs> I, I'm the opposite, Michael. I'm so glad that it didn't end in the tie. I genuinely think that fans of... Um, the other 30 franchises would have been entitled to um, burn um, both franchises to the ground if they had um, played out a tie, as Mark has called out, um, playing hard in the last week of the season is is what we want to, to see. And in fairness, it was the, the best Sunday night game probably since the... Um, or the, the one of the best games since the Chiefs Rams um, from 2018. Um yep. So it was it was just f- uh, fantastic, and you know, kudos to to Derek Carr. I've given him plenty of grief on this, but um, he he led his team, and for him, it'll be the the first chance to play in the the postseason. Obviously, the the Raiders got there, but he broke his leg the the last time. So um, it it's good for for him. In fairness, he has dragged a team. Um, and their interim head coach, first-time interim head coach, has guided the team into the, the postseason. So I, I, it's a really interesting one because the conventional wisdom and what we're always told is you can't go to the playoffs with a rookie quarterback. The Patriots did that. Can't go to the, the playoffs with um, a rookie head coach. The Eagles did. You can't go to the playoffs, um, you know, with um, the, like an interim head coach. And the Raiders have shown shown that you can. So all these excuses that franchises have had over the the years are suddenly disappearing. Um, 
for the the Chargers, her like what do you what do you take from it? You take how how brilliant Herbert is, just how amazing, and and it is a pity that we won't see him in the in the postseason. Uh, the stat that stood out to me was before Sunday, NFL passers had gone twenty nine for eighty five on fourth and nine or longer, so resulting in twenty first downs, so twenty three point five. Um, success rate in the final few minutes of the game between the Raiders and the Chargers Herbert went four for four um, on four down and so over the span of that few minutes he single-handedly accounted for more than 16 percent of the NFL's fourth and long passes for first down in, in the space of a few minutes he is he is brilliant um, and uh, the this one, you know, we will we will see plenty more of um, Justin Herbert. I'll uh, I'll leave it to to Brian and Mark and yourself to talk about Brandon Staley. Well, I'm going to have a rant to Brandon Staley, but I don't want to get away from the fact that the Raiders were, were the deserving winners. Like I, I know the Chargers came back well at the end. The Raiders were ten up in the fourth quarter. They were up by twelve in the third. Going into the fourth, they were up by fifteen. Max Crosby had a hell of a game. And for large parts of the game, Herbert couldn't get anything, couldn't, couldn't get anything going. And eventually, obviously, he seemed to just kind of tore that Raiders defense out when they came back well. And it was a fantastic drive. Everybody today is raving about Herbert as opposed to Derek Carr. But you've touched on it, Colin. There's some crucial throws that, you know, like, having got to overtime, you probably felt the Chargers had all the momentum. And that drive by the Raiders and the tour and eight to Zay Jones, where it looked like it was a really difficult pass. That was a precision pass by Derek Carr. And I don't think he gets the credits he deserves. Um, it's a big win, but for, for the Chargers, 2019 defense this season. On tour down, they're the worst team in the league. The defense has never been right all year long. They gave up a tour in 23. A tour in 23 run. Not a throw, a run. You know, this is back to Ray Rice. Remember that Ray Rice, Baltimore Ravens, tour in 27. In, I think it was against the Chargers as it happened. And uh, this analytic crap that we keep hearing about, oh, you got to go for four down. He went for a four to one on his own 18-yard line. Because he's the clever head coach in the league. He's the new up-and-coming head coach who knows all about the the, the snazzy stuff. It's ridiculous. There's games this season. That Chiefs game, three field goals, didn't take it. He would have won the game. They wouldn't be in this position. He keeps doing all these things, and it's okay, and it's acceptable because he's one of the bright stars of the future. He cost him the game. The timeout, I mean, like, the Raiders, the head coach, said out the game. We went on that last drive with the intention to win the game. But obviously, as they got to that situation a minute ago, they're, they know that the Chargers are essentially looking for the draw, the, the tie. They knew they could run out, and that was that was their mindset. And then, as Derek Carr said afterwards, it was our strategy completely changed because he called the, the Chargers called that timeout. And he, as it happened, he said he called it to get his defense set, and he still gives up the first down on a run. So for me, if I was a Chargers fan, I'd be living with my head coach as opposed to being grateful of seeing Herbert and so on. Oh, would I have liked seeing Herbert in the playoffs? Absolutely. I would have loved seeing both these teams in the playoffs because. I don't really want to watch Big Ben next week because I think he's going to get absolutely demolished by the Chiefs and the Steelers team. You know, we all want to watch attractive NFL football and these two teams will give us a better game rather than watching Sunday Night Football with Big Ben. That's no disrespect to Steelers fans, but that's the reality of the situation. I'm delighted the Raiders won um, because they've had a tough time this season. And Yeah, you touched on interim head coaches. Like, they've gone through so much this year. You could argue they are one of the stories of the season. And I don't think it's against the Rams' possibility. Michael, you're suggesting maybe the Steelers might have a way of winning this game next week. I'd, I'd argue the Raiders have a, a good shot of beating the Bengals. The Bengals have been in the playoffs for a long time. Joe Burrow's first playoff game. Joe Mixon's first playoff game. Chase 
we don't know how the Bengals are going to react to being in the playoffs again. Everything changes come playoff football. So I think this is a hell of a game. I think the Raiders have a good enough chance of beating the Bengals as anyone in the playoffs. There you go, Mark. It's up to you. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. I don't, I don't think it's controversial or inaccurate to say, and sorry, I, Steelers fans will disagree, but 31 teams will generally say, and most neutral fans will say, would the Chargers be more entertaining in the playoffs than the Steelers? Would they have more of a chance in the playoffs than the Steelers? I'd say absolutely. And the, the big answer is Justin Herbert really in that offense. I mean, I try to process this game. For anybody who hasn't called it, I mean, just watch the highlights. Watch the whole bloody game again. It was it was drama. It was great. I mean, as Brian's alluded to, the Raiders got their nose in front and kept in front. They bring in Mariota on the wildcats, uh, the uh, kind of wildcat snaps, but kind of is a sub in for Carr, and he got a couple of key conversions. Um, they both threw the book at each other, but what were the Chargers left with? I mean, you know, the Chargers and Herbert was left with basically trying to find Mike Williams on every single play, and he was let down by drops, and then just when it really mattered, I, I saw a couple of tweets about people, just tell Herbert it's fourth down on every single snap, and he'll find a way of converting the play. Um, to come back from the 15 points, to get it to overtime, the drama of overtime, yes, the timeout, it seemed bizarre at the time. It seemed bizarre. I mean, like, literally, I, yesterday was such an adrenaline flow. I, I was not going to watch Sunday Night Football. I ended up starting to watch it and then couldn't turn it off. Had to stay on it. Had to watch the game. I was dying for the game to end in many respects. But, of course, it goes to overtime, and then I'm watching the overtime, and it's like, oh, the Raiders called time. The Chargers called timeout? Um, the, the 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 flows of a season though i mean look if the Chargers don't lose what was it 19 players in a, to a COVID 19 breakout and they have them available for the texans game they probably beat the texans and therefore don't put themselves in this position although still i think they should have thrown that game away they've been up there with the vikings in many respects this season the games you expect them to lose they win the games you expect them to win they lose i've probably been higher on them than most of you all season thinking though you know i know that they've got it they've got it and ultimately they've let it down if you think of the ultimate let down franchises the Chargers are up there they've had the best quarterback succession plan of any team in the nfl over the last you could almost go back 40 years they've literally gone from fouts to breeze to rivers and now to justin herbert those four have had 33 seasons as the starting quarterback of the Chargers. They missed the playoffs in 22 of those seasons. They never even made a Super Bowl with those guys as their starting quarterback. That betrays more than anything the pain they put their franchise through, their fans through during all that period of time. So, sorry to the Chargers. Congratulations to the Raiders. You know, <laughs> great for the neutral. Great, great drama, great fun. Anthony Lean got criticized for a lot less last year. With, as a Chargers head coach, as to what Brandon said, he's got away with this year. As it happens, Anthony has been relieved of his duties in, in Detroit today, but that was coming anyway because he'd fallen out with Dan Campbell. But he, like I know, there comes a time where teams want to move on, fans want to move on from the same voice, same head coach. So it was inevitable he was going to go last year. But bearing in mind where they were last year and where they finished this year, there's very little difference. In fact, defensively, bearing in mind the stadium is supposed to resolve all those issues, they've gone, they've regressed to where they were last year. Yeah, there's a. Uh alternate universe where the chargers beat the cowboys the second week of the season they beat the patriots they beat the broncos 
in the, in Denver and they beat the Texans and they're thirteen and four, even with losing last night. Um, it's on them. It's on Staley. It's on. There's there's no excuses really. Herbert, as as you, I mean, I think you've covered the whole game here, boys. But Herbert's incredible. Uh, Herbert's not going away. The Chargers aren't going away. It it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back from this. But um, like I can only imagine how how, how disappointed the players, the, the management must feel, especially seeing uh, the Raiders press conference at the end because they it seemed like they they were gonna just kneel it out. So stunning. I don't think. Honestly, lads, I, I I don't think we'll see something like that for um, a long, long time again. Um, but if if, I, if I'm if I'm a Chargers fan, I've got high expectations going into next year because that is going to take a lot to get over. If I'm a Chargers fan, in terms of the in terms of the management, in terms of the coaching and the team, what a way to go out knowing that you're not going to play again for another nine months and just finally to see the uh, the, the lip syncing, uh, Herbert saying, "I've never wanted a time more in my life," uh, just just unbelievable and the tie uh, at the start of the day uh, on bet365 i'm saying that because it was the only one to offer it was 50 to 1 at the, at the start of the day well well michael a little shout out to a gentleman in vegas who put a thousand dollars on the jags to win on the money line and it to be level at the end of regulation between the Chargers and the raiders he turned that one thousand into one hundred and fifteen thousand dollars last night can I just make one final point? Um, I just like to call it as well. The Raiders had a, if the Raiders had accepted the time and whatever about the time now and just nailed it. They would have been going to they would have been going to Kansas City this weekend, and they, they knew that they knew the permutation of the draw. And as we've spoken about the two games in which they played this year, they they haven't played well in either of those games. They've been blown out. So you'd have to question as well was that in their in in their thoughts? You know, do we really want to go back into Kansas City? Okay, it's a divisional game again. Short time round, who knows? But the reality is, we haven't matched up well against that team twice this year. Let's go off somewhere else and take our chances. And they won the last four games of the season, the Raiders. And they've been playing playoff football for a couple of weeks now. We saw it last week in Indianapolis. I think today, a lot of it is about Herbert. I don't think the Raiders have been getting the kudos they deserve, haven't gone through all the struggles this season. So great win, big win, great game. It's just a matter of his throws, Brian. I think that's what's probably standing out to people, plus just how it ended. And I think. I think people will like it's it's the fact that the the other stat that stood out to me Josh Jacobs had 130 of 100 his 132 yards came after contact. So if you're looking to yeah. criticize Staley, that's his his run defense has been abysmal and he made no changes to that throughout the season. Like that's an embarrassment. 130 of 132 yards came after contact. That's and, and I think it's going to be very difficult. I think Staley's going to need to have a quick start next year because just like it, when when a loss is that difficult to stomach, it's very difficult to if you don't get out to a quick start the recriminations will all start next year um and players will begin to say hey you're the guy who cost us la- last year he he's obviously a very smart guy but he and the the chargers you know they they need to to get over this and it is that's one of the difficulties with the nfl you now have nine months to to mull on it so they might they might need some sort of spark in free agency or the draft something that the the fans can kind of gel behind because otherwise, yeah, long long off season ahead. Twenty nineteen run defense, Connor. Yes, says it all. 
And just just one final point, Michael. You said we won't see much like this. I don't think we've ever seen anything like this in the NFL. I mean, uh, in history, in terms of it, we've had you know winning your in games, but nothing like that where you know both teams had something meaningful to play for. Both were in a winning your in, and everything about it impacted a third team being the Steelers. Like that last drive and regulation that Herbert put together, 19 plays. We don't see 19 play drives every day of the week. And each one must have felt like a paper cut of epic proportions to the entirety of the Steeler Nation out there, as well as obviously all the teams involved in it. So um, just just brilliant stuff. Really. Yeah, just Colin saying in the comments, the, the Raiders have had five walk-off wins this season. Uh, Gooden and Ruggs, I now need blood pressure medication. It's uh, I'm sure Raiders fans and Chargers fans need, need, need to sit down after that there last night and after the last few weeks. And yeah, just wait to week 19, Mark. It should be interesting. And finally from me, uh, lovely tribute to John Madden last night. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. We done well. 21 minutes, but we done well, I think. Yeah. Okay. Tennessee Titans. The Irish Titans, shout out to Irish Titans because they've been watching this whole show. We see you. Uh, I also, <laughs> lads, seen the tweet that I got last night at halftime saying it's over. And when it beca- when it within- <laughs> when it went within one score, I was sitting going, "Oh my god, could you actually imagine the scenes?" Uh, Calm Texans showing some fight, fair play to them. Uh, but the Titans get the win. They get the bye week. It goes through Tennessee and. Good luck to anybody going up against Derrick Henry over the next two or three weeks. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting two weeks. Yeah, well, it will be interesting to see how Henry comes back and can he hit the the ground running as, um, you know, we know how effective he can be. And obviously having the, the week off the, will, will help and everything having to go through Music City helps as well. But you'd have to say kudos to the Texans as well, playing hard in in the, the last week of the, the season. Um, the, the talk around David Cully, like, again, just shows, you know, that franchise, it's it's ridiculous what goes on there in the, the front office. And um, Mike Silver um, rightly calling out the, the league today um, for um, the some of the decisions that, that you see made. Um, I would have to say Davis Mills, really impressive. I mean, essentially goes up against... Um, Tannehill and the the Titans uh, in in a shootout and okay did, came up short, but for a guy taken in the third round, given what he's had to work with, he has four games um, of more than three hundred yards um, passing. There are some quarterbacks taken in twenty nineteen who, in three years in the league, don't have four games of three hundred yards um, passing. I, yeah, it will be it'll be very interesting. Um, when when Henry comes back because they have they've they've gotten there and kudos to them 91 players they had to use um, so it was a very good job by Mike Vrabel but I think everybody um, at the the Tennessee Titans will be delighted to welcome Derrick Henry uh, back into to the fold. You're 21 nil up and you're coasting towards the number one seed. Sure. Why would you want it that way? You'd rather watch a bit. Of- Blood and thunder and a bit of excitement in the second half and bite your fingernails to the very end. But at 21 nil, the camera went on Tannehill and a few of the guys on the sideline and they were all joking and laughing. It was very much, well, this is over. We're home and hose. And it was probably here in around the time that the Irish Titans put out their, t- their tweet. And like at that stage, you know, you could clearly understand. Like this, again, for me, it was like more of a cuddy, like 
you know, we've, we've asked, is he going to be the head coach next season? They're saying this week, this week, they're going to have a full evaluation to make decisions. So it's not clear cut that he's going to come back, but I think it's fair to say, bear in mind when he took over to start of the season, and I still think back to our show in the Aviva where we had the right thing done about, about this particular team and the head coach and how many games they're going to win. They've, they've held their own and we kind of touched on the fact that they won a couple of games recently, played well in San Francisco last week, came back well. I think that the key, Part of the game really when they got within one score in the fourth quarter, um, they allowed the, the, the Titans kind of rallied and went down and had a nice long drive and got the touchdown to essentially kill the game off. And I know they came back with a late score, but that was that was that was the point. They needed to hold them that particular that particular time of the, the fourth quarter to have the opportunity to win the game. It didn't materialise, but for the Titans, look, divisional games are always tough, but they'll be glad it's over now and they can focus on two weeks and let's see how fit Derrick Henry will be because it you know we've seen players come in. Briefly, he'll be there for a couple of months in the playoffs and hasn't worked out because they're not match ready. Uh, look, huge congratulations to the Titans. Looked like they were going through a bit of a, a bad patch. Three losses in four games. Managed to right the ship well enough and take the number one seed. I mean, your, your record is what it says it is. They have been the number one team in the AFC over this season. Uh, deserved number one seed holders. However, the problem is this, unless Derrick Henry is going to walk back through that door as Derrick Henry, as we know and love him, um, what they showed yesterday is exactly why they can win games. They can beat anyone in the FC, but without Derrick Henry, they don't scare anyone. There is no team in those playoffs that doesn't look at Tennessee and went, yeah, we're not that scared about going international. Yeah, we can take them. Does he mean they're going to win? Of course not. But the fact of the matter is, they are a number one seed that nobody's looking at as a juggernaut. Nobody's looking at as, oh, God, they, you know, that's just a mere walkover. They should be the, the presumptive favorites of that. Vrabel has done an amazing job. Um, as you go, the guys alluded to, juggling the amount of players they have, keeping the season on track and everything else. But does Ryan Tanhill look like anything other than the walking liability at times without Derek Henry there to, to ensure that he's drawing all the attention? No. Tannehill's danger, uh, dangerous. Their defense, which we've commented on, has improved significantly over the year, is super impressive, can get a lot of pressure up front. Um, but if you can handle that front, then you can make plays, as Davis Mills, who deservedly deserves credit, um, proved yesterday. So I called it out before, I believe, and I think I'm right in this, the last time Tennessee had the number one seeding, um, they promptly crashed and burned. They were one and done. Um, and they were that was Jeff Fisher's era, but they they were a very very good team that year, very powerful team behind an amazing running game. Um, and I think uh, back when Vince Young was quarterback, and it was Chris Johnson, and then Dale White as the one-two punch. But um, you know, I'm not saying that's going to happen to Tennessee, but this is why nobody's kind of saying, well, you know, they're going to walk into the Super Bowl. Um, certainly, I don't think. I'm trying to think of anyone. They're probably the most upset the Chargers didn't make the playoffs because they're bloody run defense. They probably run up 400 yards against them in some respects. But they've done all they can do. They've got home field advantage. So fair play to them. But look at I, I wonder, I, I wonder, sorry, Mark, as a part of this, like, and I don't mean to say disrespectful way, and the Titans sounds probably what like, you're saying is, and we've seen players come out recently and say, previous players, players going in there, like, they don't find going into that particular stadium to, to, concerning you know where you go into arrowhead you go into mile high foxborough to a certain extent you, you're, you're not you know the fans you know you're going up against fans and which you're going up against the team 
And we've seen previous players recently say it's not the case there. And we've seen players going and saying, don't feel it, don't feel it when I go in there. I wonder if there's a part of that that comes into you, the picture. You go into SoFi for a home 49ers game as well, Brian. Yeah, well, Matthew Stafford said after the game, he, he was struggling getting the plays in, <laughs> in the home game. Sorry, lads. Sorry. Um, don't agree with you, Mark, at all. But let's not, because it's nearly an hour in and we need to get through the NFC and then there's been loads of people fired. No, no, and, but okay, know, then give me one reason why you should be scared of the Titans. Other than Derek Henry. Assume Derek Henry isn't back to his full strength. Why that team that we've seen for the last eight weeks in the NFL could be terrifying. Well, every week's different. And you know it yourself as a Patriots fan, and, and I know it myself for, for my team, and every week brings new challenges, but yesterday what impressed me that much about the Titans was that receiving court. Guys like, um, sorry, I had it on the screen here. <laughs> I can't pronounce his name. Is it double barrel? Because it's not double barrel on the system. Nick Westbrook, has he got a second name? There's a couple of guys. There's Westbrook yeah. and there's another guy where, big, where I won't even try to go there. But um, he's, got, he's got a weird name, but Westbrook is 78 players, There's, there's other players stepping up. In fairness, there has been other players stepping up over the past few weeks. Uh, massively, AJ Brown, Julio getting his first touchdown yesterday, and that's just on that. That's just on the receiving. Like if, if the defense can get it together, and Derek Carney runs and Hillard with Foreman, dingity ding, first, second, third. Oh, hold on, throw the ball. First, second, third, throw the ball. I, I, I just think there's there, there's such a bias between other teams in the AFC just because of the last couple of seasons, and I think Tennessee have as much chance. Well, of course they have as much chance today because they're number one seed, but I think they take this week, they, they rest up. And, and they go into it against whoever they're going to get in uh, in two weeks' time. But um, for me, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised to see Tennessee going into SoFi. Seriously. Okay. On we go. Yes, let's uh, let's let's wrap up. Uh, and just a reminder, f- thanks, f- folks. Thank you for everyone commenting tonight. Uh, really appreciate it. We'll try and get some other comments on the screen as well. Uh, the AFC East was won last night by the Buffalo Bills uh, and the Patriots uh, lost in, in Miami and they're playing each other this weekend. The only big thing there is it's in Buffalo. Um, looking forward to this game. Uh, however, uh, have we ended up on that there? Uh, uh, Brian, I think you, you got right with the Dolphins pick. Colin, I, I was surprised at, at how well the Dolphins played against the Patriots just, just generally. And um, Jets put it up a wee bit against the Bills. Yeah, well, we uh, uh, nine sacks. The the Bills had nine sacks. It's it's a huge issue that the the Jets have there. Um, if the if Zach Wilson is to have any chance, he's you can't be taking the amount of of sacks in in a game. I think eighty seven yards. Um, he had um passing. The the Jets. Yeah, it's it's an uh, an off season of rebuilding, and we get to see what Salah then they can do for the Bills. They get they're getting hot at the right time, I suppose. It's been a, a kind of an up and down season. It's never felt that they really on offense reached the heights that they did last year. Um, their coordinators are are in demand. I mean, that's going to be interesting to see if that's going to have an impact on um the playoffs uh and and what that might do with guys doing interviews and stuff like um that or knowing that they potentially have interviews will that have any impact let's let's see um it's it's obviously going to be quite the the battle between the 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 patriots and the the bills but we'll probably talk a bit more about the the dolphins and that interesting decision of theirs a little bit later 
Um, I think the problem for the Jets, in fairness, um, they didn't throw any more interceptions yesterday. So, but it, offensive line this year, you know, Vera Tucker, the fourth round pick, who they, who they traded up for, draft, you know, he, he's been out injured. Malik Beckman, who they drafted last year, he's been out injured. So they've been struggling for, for large parts of the season without proper offensive line. So I still think things are coming together nicely there. I think they've seen a problem. They were in the game until the fourth quarter, but look, the Bills are enough to, to put away. The other game, it didn't go the way I know I picked it off. It didn't, it didn't go the way which I expected. I thought it'd be a, a lot closer than it was for large parts of the game. Clearly, the Dolphins were comfortable. They got out to a fast start. And, but in the same time, the Patriots rallied. The American know better than me. There was three opportunities to intercept to it in the game, and then they dropped balls, which is crazy. And then, look, the score at the end is not reflective in the way because the, the crazy play at the end where there's a touchdown for the Dolphins. But yeah, look, there were struggles yesterday for the Patriots. Um, it's difficult for next week. Yeah, no one struggled probably as much as the Jets' offense. Um, another repolling day at the office, really. And Brian said they kept it close, but that wasn't anything to do with their their offense. And consider how close and tight it was, even with the Jets giving up a block punt uh, return for a touchdown as well. I mean, their special teams weren't even bailing them out in that regard. Um, the Bills took care of business. They did what they had to do. But again, that's why I called out the Jets earlier on. They played so hard along with the Texans, long lines. Nobody packed it in this season. They all played hard and fought hard. And for Jets fans, you got two picks in the first seven. I think Jets pick at five and seven in the draft. Um, there's some material capital maybe to move around the board a little bit to hopefully revitalize a roster. And I think Salah's influence has definitely started to be seen in the last couple of weeks in terms of I mean, you expect to see it over the season, but I think he's starting to 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 really seed out and weed out the right performers. Obviously, this offseason is absolutely critical. But we said when he went to the Jets in the first instance, he was the pick of the coaching hires, the pick of the, the litter, as it were. Um, and I think Jets fans can have optimism about the job he hopefully will do over the next while. But the question for the Jets will be the question that many teams often ask is, do they have a quarterback? Is Zach Wilson the answer? And unfortunately, um, that tends to be the core question that a lot of teams have to contend with. Um, I'm not sure that the, the answer in that is yes just yet, but they're going to have to rely upon him for the next while and try and take advantage of the uh, equality, the inequality of a rookie quarterback contract. As for the Patriots and the Dolphins, yeah, the, the Pats were dreadful in the opening quarter again. Other than last week against the Jags, the last three Patriots games, they have um, put themselves in a hole in the first quarter and not been able to manage to get it out. They've got managed to get it close, but not good enough. And frankly, if they play like that next week, it's going to be an absolutely uh, an absolute walkover, um, an absolute walkover. So um, that's not good to see. But it's nice that the Patriots are in the playoffs. It's nice that we get to play a trilogy against the the Bills, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that. But yes, Colin, the one storyline we have to talk about, and I know we're going to talk about coaches later on is the incongruity in one sense of what they're doing with Flores. There are rational arguments as to why they've moved on, but one of the best coaches in my mind in the NFL. Um, I don't know, these multi-millionaire, multi-billionaire Florida-based owners who make these weird and wonderful, wacky decisions um, happened in 2021 with Urban Meyer being picked to get Jacksonville. That didn't work out. I have a funny feeling Stephen Ross will learn to regret this particular decision as well. Yeah, the who did the Jaguars play in London again? 
So two of the four coaches that were in London, sorry, have, have, now, have now lost their jobs or, or left. Uh, in terms of the Patriots, I thought Mac Jones played some lovely, lovely clean passes yesterday. He really did. And there's a, there's a positive point from me on Mac Jones. Uh, yeah, interesting performance from the Patriots. Let's see what happens against Buffalo. Delighted that the Bills fans got a chance in in, in a full crowd to, to celebrate their uh, division title because I know last year, I think it was only like 20 or 30% capacity. And uh, look, just, just a shout out to a former guest of ours on, on the show, Steve Tasker, who seemed to be enjoying himself. He looks very happy. And that's all I have to say. I'm very, very excited for this next week. I will save my opinions and my picks until Friday. And just one thing, Michael, I was getting the, the, the two New Jersey teams mixed up. The Jets have the fourth and the tenth pick. The Giants have the fifth and the seventh pick. But both of them were Joyzy. You can see at the bottom of the screen the Irish NFL show is presented by Matchbook Betting Exchange. The Irish NFL show code gives you £20 or 20 yo yo to bet on. Uh, uh, money back is cash if your first bet loses. T and C's are below 18 plus. Please gamble aware. And thank you to Matchbook. Did we win that bet yesterday? I haven't checked your counter. I wish I, I wish I, I wish no, I was like, oh, yeah, not even, not even like, uh, okay. I'll tell you what we didn't because one team are 17 and up, and I think we're going to come to that game if I'm right. They were 17 and up, and they managed to throw it away, and that was the LA rap. Should have listened to me, should have listened to me on that one. Ah, oh, come on, let's, 17 there, you thought you were gone as well. Let's look at the NFC. Uh, so we have a list of what we're going to talk about, and I guess, you know, that's quickly look, look over the Saints. Um, disappointing death for the Saints. I think at one point, I mean, they done all they had to do. And at one point, and I I know we're going to talk about the 49ers on the stretch, but at one point, Colm, the 49ers were dead and buried and the Saints done what they had to do. Yeah, and obviously without um, another QB out, um, but Sean Payton um, get, getting it done. But I think realistically, you know, this... Uh, was all about the the 49ers and the the Rams because um they he it wasn't it wasn't only Mark it wasn't only um the the rest of us who thought at 17 nil um things were afoot because Sean McVay was in the end zone celebrating like he had caught the ball um you know uh, there was what 644 to to go in the second quarter and there he was jumping around um you would think if you did that that you know you would want to win the game and win it comfortably and not lose the game in overtime um the the issue for the the rams is you can't buy chemistry it's as simple as that and they look like a team of superstars who can make unbelievable plays at um as individuals but the chemistry just isn't um there i think at the at the moment, um, they have they've uh, got a week or or so to to sort it out. Um, for the the Forty Niners, I mean the the memes continue today of Kyle Shanahan um, owning uh, McVeigh. Um, he he just seems to to have um, it it over him, and and no matter what seems to happen, he wins. And yeah, Stafford is. Um, like just turning over like that that ball at the the end the interception to to clinch it was just crazy um in in terms of he he was going for 
for um obviously OBJ, but um it was massively un- underthrown. Um and the the Rams have got a, a a lot to sort out. And we've talked about it before. Out you know, um the Packers outside of their their special teams are the, the Packers issue. But I think you would have to say that they are the the standout team. Um they're there's no one else who you would say is terrifying um and and you would say oh yeah they're they're definitely um don't don't want to be playing them so for all the rams have spent and given up i don't think anyone is going to um be particularly afraid of them and brian um already called it out when matthew stafford is saying that they were struggling to get plays in in a home game well, uh, Stan Kroenke, um, how how do you like them apples in your brand new fancy stadium? It's a it's a demoralising defeat in a way because they were the two seed, and now they've dropped to four. You know, and they've set, set, now they've essentially foregone that second home game, which you know, as we say, tongue in cheek, is not really like a home game now because we saw the amount of fans. I don't think we'll see as many Arizona fans enforcing next Monday you know, on Monday Night Football in there, but like it was a sea of red yesterday at that game. And uh, look, it's not a it's not a fair commute for majority of the 49ers fans who did that side of the world. But um, Matthew Stafford yesterday looked fine in the first half. Then all of a sudden, the 49ers started to get to him. He looked a bit nervy, and as the game went down, he kind of regressed. We've seen that this season where he struggles, where teams are getting to him, and he just gets a little bit nervous, and he's edgy with the throws, and he was missing players where he was really efficient in the first half. I thought there was two key drives. There was very little time left on the clock in the first half, and the 49ers got it. A lot of people felt they might have just kneed on it and went in a half time and. The rules, but they actually went aggressive and they managed to get a field goal. And they look at that stage, you think it's 73, it's no big deal. But then they got a touchdown on the first drive of the second half, and then all of a sudden it's mid to a quarter and it's a game because there's only one scoring it. But yet they still had to wait till that very last couple of minutes. And the quarterback who was coming off an injury, an operation, what he said, you know, it's a three to four week operation. He's back playing the following week. Jimmy J, that last drive, he threw for 314 yards yesterday, but he was impressive on that last drive. And I know he has a lot of critics and We've been up and down this show whether he really is the right answer, but you know that drive yesterday was was really good and it's a big win. And I mean, I think it's 1988, the last time the two teams were in the playoffs, Cowboys and 49ers. And yesterday, when I last night when I saw that game, I kept thinking back to another young lad watching the the Cowboys 49ers trilogy that went down for a couple of years in the championship games in Candlestick Park and Troy Aikman and Mark. You remember Emmett Smith and the guys? And look, that's it's a great game next weekend. Really must the appetite next Sunday night half nine. 49ers going into Dallas. I'm I'm a bit in shock at the photo Michael just put up. And is it Kittle? What's he doing with the top knot? No, is it? Oh no, it's not. It's Bosa, isn't it? But no, like, it is Kittle. It is Kittle. Kittle? Sorry, yes. I, I'm just I can't get my eyes off the hair. To be honest with you, that's throwing me. And I can't see Kittle, the Kittle on the Skittles. I think when he did that, Kittle, he's definitely on the Skittles with the top knot. That, he, that um, he has hair at the top of his head is that what's fascinating? You, Mark? It's just jealousy. It's just jealousy, <laughs> Colin. Basically, that's that's all I'm 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 giving out about there. Um, look for 49ers fans. Yesterday, Jimmy put the G in legend. Um, he had an amazing performance when it really counted. Um, Mitchell is back. He's back. He's running hard. Debo's doing Debo-y things. Uh, and looking like the most dynamic threat in the NFL. And their defense, which was non-existent for most of the first half, suddenly came out of hibernation and started to play. And as Brian alluded to, you got midway through the third quarter and everybody, you know, drive started tightening up. Both teams tightened up a little bit more. It was a slugfest. 
It was the drama going back from there to the Cardinals laying a goose egg again um, when they had the every opportunity. I set it up yeah, on our show yesterday. Um, it's like Cardinals will win, Rams will lose, Cards will take the AFC West and have the home field advantage. Nearly there, except Kyler and the boys uh, let me down on that particular prediction. Um, but massive congratulations to the 49ers. Like the Saints, so I know we're going to, we don't, there's not much to say. They did everything they had to do. The, the performance by Sean Payton and that team, and everything they've had to deal with, four different starting quarterbacks and the like, um, has been impressive. That's a seriously impressive coaching job. But I already look at the Saints next season. I think they're already 70 million over the salary cap. So, you know, the hell of salary cap purgatory continues for them and you another year. But you, you must give credit to the job and how close they ran everything. Um but again, like the, the passion, the, the, the drama of it all going so tight, going so close, um, loved every second of it. You've got, to, you've got to question one thing. Is it nurture or nature that leads to it? We all got told, no, McVeigh's got his quarterback now. No, Matthew Stafford is freed from the sins of Detroit. Don't worry, now he's going to really show everyone he's capable of doing. And you can say in one respect, yeah, they've got a division title. They've got a great record. They're, they're going to the playoffs. Clearly, it's all going to work out. But I still question whether Matthew Stafford is the answer or the problem uh, at the end of the day to holding you back from a Super Bowl. And I definitely, definitely still say Sean McVay is the reason the Rams will not win a Super Bowl. Not, if they do, they win it in spite of him, not because of him. Um, so... Yeah, and, and, the, and the Rams yesterday really struggled on the ground. I mean, they bring all this hype at the start. Cam Akers! He had, he had three yards. Uh, Sonny Michelle had 21 carries for 43 yards. Like, genuinely, I, I think I could, could have given that maybe a wee run for its money. Cooper Cup had uh, six times the amount of uh, rushing yards that Cam Akers had yesterday. Uh, it's a, it's an interesting comparison between you know Matthew Stafford and, and the situation with Jimmy Garoppolo. Matthew Stafford, to be fair, now had less uh, completed yards than Jimmy G, but he still had two picks. Both of them had two picks. Um, it's it, it's it's a really interesting situation. The Rams looked completely away, away and away, away in that game yesterday, and then they weren't. We have went through eight minutes and nobody's mentioned Debo. I mean, that man is on. Believable, and I have to. I have to apologize to the Niner fans. Like I was picking the Rams every day of the week here, um, but my God, they look so good. Debo Samuel rushing had forty-five yards rushing, but then ninety-five yards receiving, and then Eli Mitchell. This team is a very interesting concept. If Jimmy G can keep it together, and um, it's very interesting. And just I want to give a shout out very quickly to everyone who's commenting tonight, but especially Irish Cowboys on Twitter. Who have said, um, ask Brian if he's ordered his Niners jersey. I, 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 I just want to watch a game next week where no, like, where none of us care because none of us are in it. I mean, Mark's not really in it, but we'll, we'll talk about that on Friday. Um, with a rough there, there, there. But one thing on Debo as well. Um, I think Mark, Mark did give, give him a shout, but the other thing is. And we were talking about that at the Saints. Sean Payton loves a gadget player, right? And always has. And Mark, you're talking about them 70 million over the cap. When he looks at Debo and he looks at uh, Cornell Patterson, I I imagine uh, 
you can see Sean Payton, what will he come up with next year? Because uh, the other thing is Debo Michael not only rushing and receiving, but through that touchdown pass, he's he so Sean Payton, watch, he'll find somebody if it's free agency, if it's the the draft. Uh, I, I there'll be a new gadget player uh, in New Orleans next year. Can't wait to see the hype after. Well, someone's gonna be upset on, on Monday morning. Someone's gonna be upset. <laughs> uh that's great great couple of games rams cardinals is that late monday night game on espn looking forward to that <laughs> apparently skyer in the studio three nights that was the exclusive for mr ryan Wolf, I mean, who is coming on the show on friday again apparently that's that's the killer for us really in terms of the new wild card weekend while well, the tv networks love it while well, america gets three primetime games for us it's three <laughs> Super late nights out of the it must, Mark, it must be awful because you walk, do you walk what is it not point not four miles to your work the next morning? Or I, I, I have, I have such a long commute, yeah. Michael. It's, yeah. it's terrible. It, it, it's it must be awful. I mean, you're not going on the motorway at all the next morning. I, I'm looking forward to it. There is the games. I know, Brian, you're going to give us some interesting news in a second. There is the games at the weekend Raiders, Bengals, Patriots, Bills, Eagles, Bucks. Uh, 49ers Cowboys Bucks get the win yesterday as well um, Steelers Chiefs and the Cardinals against the Rams a lovely setup for a lovely weekend Green Bay and Tennessee have the week off Brian well now that we've <clears throat> reached the end of the regular season I was recapping on what our picks were last September when we did our preview show in Mycaf as you like to call it Michael and we can hang our heads in shame because we didn't do very well I'll start with our wild cards several wild cards who wants to go first i'll go with you first michael the nfc you did well in the nfc yeah your wild cards were the 49ers the cards and the pack so you got two out of three obviously you went for the vikings doing the division and in the afc you went for the Chargers, no ravens no but you did go for the steelers so not too bad mark you ready for this seattle no vikings no giants no wild cards um <laughs> chargers no what was the giants the Giants. Yeah, the Giants. Yeah, no, yeah, here, here, here. Good night. Ah. Chargers, Ravens, Patriots. So you got one out of six, Brian. One out of six. Wait till we get to the division winners. I'm happier with those ones. Uh, column 49ers, uh, Seahawks, Falcons. Falcons? Okay. Um, so you got one. Uh, Chargers, Patriots, Dolphins, one. Um, myself, 49ers. Seattle Giants, um, one, um, Browns, Dolphins, and I'll save the best to last the Raiders and divisional winners. We all went for the Packers, with the exception of Michael, he went for the Vikings. We all went for Washington, that didn't work out too well. We all went for the Rams, I don't think we can really rave about that and the way things played out. And we all went for the Bucks on the AFC side, we all went for the Titans, um. We all went for the Bills. They're a lot more clear cut, these ones. We all went for the Chiefs. And we, well, no mixed bag. You all went for the Browns and I went for the Ravens. So none of us did, came up with that. Uh, just, That's the beauty of picking it in September, isn't it? We are a, a diverse show. We come from all corners of this island and we want to include everybody. So I'm gonna very quickly make sure that you're not disappointed. So I'm gonna talk very quickly in 45 seconds about the games that we may have missed out. The Broncos didn't show up against the Chiefs. They did, they didn't. The Eagles against the Cowboys, I don't know. I fell asleep after the first quarter. We're not talking about the Giants in Washington. No. Uh, 
Brian's beat the Bengals. No, 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 no. One point. Oh, yeah, we will. We will. Because, because um, Mr. O'Leary, and, and it was understandable, um, and the, the Giants got very annoyed last year when Philadelphia um, played funny buggers in the, the last game of the season, pulled the QB. What Joe Judge did, what Joe Judge did was equally, equally as against the spirit of the game as as what the Eagles did last year. And it is ridiculous that he remains in situ. And that does need to, to be commented on. Let's talk about Joe Judge in a second. Let's, I don't, let's there's no excuse for that. He did no it. For it. He, okay. We watched the game long enough that we understand when a team is down, down I'm not defending what he's done, right, first <laughs> and foremost. Okay. What he did yesterday was embarrassing. Okay. But it wasn't a quarterback sneak, as I said. It was a fixture formation play. The reason he did it was to actually give his punter more space because last week in Chicago, he, he made an absolute hand to that situation and he ended up having to give a safety away. So he said after the game, and I knew when I watched it exactly what he was going to say was, I was trying to give my punter a little bit more room because I knew I'd have to give it back. He then defended that by saying, on the following drive, they actually stopped watching. So he felt in his head he'd succeeded in what he wanted to do. The reality is, sorry, Mark, other teams who do the exact same thing week in, week out, hand it to the running back who gets two or three yards, and there's the space you need. He was also on the four-yard line as opposed to the one-yard line. So why he felt he needed extra room for the, for the punter yeah. is beyond me. Um, so, Brian, uh, Brian, I'm just going to say one thing back to Colin, is it, Colin. Last year, it was based on malice and the rule of thumb. And it was, let's be honest. And, and it wasn't malice for Joe Judge to do that the, to his offense. No, we didn't hear the end of it for about a week last year. Because, so, because, I don't trust you. What, what no, was no, the point in his offense playing the rest of the game? What was the point? I Sorry. don't trust. I don't trust any of you. Not no, no, once. No, no, I don't no. trust you. I don't. I, I trust, don't trust you. Had two plays. Calm down. Last year, the Eagles and we rightly heard about it because they deliberately threw away for the draft positioning. They didn't play to win the game. That was apparent in relation to it. And what the Giants did, and the message of this is always. Never attribute to malice what can be adequately explained by incompetence. It was an incompetent call. It was an incompetent offense. It wasn't malice or forethought as it was. With the, the problem team. now is you've got an incompetent head coach. You've got an incompetent offensive coordinator in, in Kitchens. And you've got an incompetent quarterback in Jake Fromm. And the whole situation is a mess. And how he's still there at this stage of the, of the day. Now, there's a meeting actually going on at the moment between him the owner and the other owner who's flowing in for the meeting. So maybe that's significant. Who, who knows what will come out during the night. But um, he didn't trust, yeah, Colin was right. He didn't trust the quarterback. He didn't trust the running back. It's supposed to be a generational player, by the way, you know, to even go and get a fourth down or get three or four yards. Anyway, look, I don't think we should be wasting our time. Anyway, that. we shouldn't, we should, you're absolutely yeah. right. I'll oh, bark Yes, uh, just very quickly, because I was in a really good run there, as like me going back to the first days doing a poem. Uh, Vikings demolished the Bears. The Buccaneers beat the Panthers. And I think that's it. I know Colm did mention the Packers losing to the Lions. For anybody saying, if you don't cover a team, we, we try our best. Last week's show on Monday night was two and a half hours. And we're not so talking two and a half hours tonight. Actually, the Lions game, Danny Amendola, two touchdowns, was a bit of a surprise, to say the least, but he's been injured for most of the season for the Lions. Um, Michael, I wanted to bring a point back. Sorry, do you want to finish something first? I've interrupted your flow. No, I, th I think I think everything's been covered. Uh, like we're, we're obviously going to talk about the coaches. Do we yeah. have to talk about Fangio? I don't really no, want to talk just, about No, it. no, no. We're not talking about the Broncos coaches. For fuck's sake. Good. Uh, anyway. I, I, I don't want to talk about it. 
No, but before we go into that, I want to talk about the games coming up in one point. And it's actually notable. You were putting up the, the graphic there constantly, and it kept reminding me. You think about it. The 49ers-Cowboys, right, is, as Brian said, it's an historic matchup. It is, you know, it is like we're going back to the 90s now when this game really mattered. But in fact, it's featuring a matchup between, like, I mean, that's one of the younger quarterbacks in one respect, but we're talking about two of the most transcendent young talents. When you think about Micah Parsons, when you think about Debo Samuel and how the two of them are going to match up. By contrast, the Cards-Ravens game is more about the veterans. Like, look at the Rams. Uh, the Cardinals-Rams game, I should say, Ravens. Um, look at the Rams. It's Stafford. It's Beckham. It's Von Miller type of thing. Uh, and even with the Cards, you're talking about um, well, not just Chandler Jones, who's, who's you know plenty of seasons in the league now at this stage, um, but, of course, DeAndre Hopkins, and especially coming back yet again, like Cybertron from the depths of, uh, I don't know, the cybernetic universe, having been re-engineered like the $6 million man once again, J.J. Watt, who's been reactivated and will somehow appear for the playoffs. So it's kind of funny how the older game isn't necessarily about the old veterans who are going for that one last run. And this morning I went down the matchbook account and I was interested to see what the lines are from a betting perspective. I suppose it's always good to know how Vegas are, are looking at the games. Who do you think has the biggest line this weekend in terms of who, who, who do you expect to win by the most? Who do you think is going to be the blowout okay? game? Uh, Bucks. Yeah, minus nine. In your world column, that means the Bucks expect the Bucks to win by 10 or more points. That's the line. The rest of them are all fairly competitive. Minus fours, minus threes, um, I think minus six and a half on, on, on the Bengals. But yeah, the biggest line is minus nine. The Bucks probably reflective of a Bucks offense that yesterday was very sporadic for a while. And then all of a sudden, bang, they put up 41 points coming out again. Actually, I didn't kind of change. What was the Brady issue over yesterday when he had a bit of a ding down with, with the head coach? Gronk uh, was due a bonus if he had one more completion, half half a million dollars, and he got it. Uh, no other quarterback would get away with that. But let's talk about the coaches. Um, <laughs> just very very quickly uh, thank you to Kian for your comment about the Seahawks appreciate it Kian. we will get talking about the Seahawks ASAP and uh, we really appreciate your continued support of the show coaches uh, Vic Fangio was the first one to go yesterday He that happened around 2 o'clock our time or so uh, and there's been a, a plethora of hirings well not hirings firings today the Bears got what they wanted well two thirds anyway and uh, where are we starting here because there's a lot I didn't make any graphics because I focused on this weekend because, frankly, meh. Well, you know. Flores. Flores, surely. Everything Let's start with Flores in Miami. And I want to say this right now because I'll never forget. You boys went to uh, – you, you, sorry, Mark and Brian went to the presser in London. Granted, right. Miami went in the run, and they'd done extremely, extremely well. And they were playing fantastic football in the last few weeks. Well, good football the last few weeks of the season. Um, I thought he was gone from that moment. It's clearly yeah, something. And that, that was the whispers. Oh, yeah, right, you, right. You, 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 yeah, you commented on it. So. No, I commented on the time that me and Mark, the one thing that stood out from that press conference was, um, with the exception of Mark getting all the questions in, was how I felt, I wouldn't say vile was the right word, but they were very aggressive towards him in, in a manner that was like as if they wanted him to be shown the door as quickly as possible. You know, they really, I felt, bearing in mind how the game played out, it wasn't like they got blown out. It was a difficult game. They should have won. You know, there were some dubious calls by referees in the game, and they also had an opportunity to win the game at the end, putting it away. But and they got they got out Fox by over more with that, 
you know, they thought they were going for the Hail Mary at the end. I'm going on about it again, it was three months ago. But the point being, at that press conference, it was clear and evident that they weren't happy with him. Um, I don't know, he seemed very reserved in the way he was answering questions. Maybe they just don't get enough out of him. And their job ultimately is to get more and more out of the, out of the head coach and make their job easier for doing their articles. But he was very guarded and they still went for him. Fair mark, yeah? Yeah, no, absolutely. But I mean, like, then look at the way they bounce back. And I, 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 I don't know. The only thing I can put this down to, if I'm being really brutally honest, okay, Flores isn't the most isn't a perfect head coach. There is no question of that. But look how he brought that team back from the brink. Look at his record over his entire term there in Miami. He was definitely heading in the right direction. The biggest thing that's let him down. I mean, we still can talk about this for every single team, of course is the quarterback situation. And I'm personally convinced, looking at the overall situation, all the vibes and noises come out during the year, Stephen Ross wants Deshaun Watson in Miami. Brian Flores didn't want Deshaun Watson in Miami and stuck with Tua and publicly said, so they hate Tua as our quarterback, I'm sticking with Tua and stuff like that. I think ultimately that's more uh, than the anything, um, the, the main driver. There is a bit of a um, friction with the GM in Miami uh, as well, uh, in relation to it, that's continuing to um, uh, seed some of the discontent there. And it may be that there was a, ultimately a he goes or I go type of situation. But Flores will be snapped up in a heartbeat. He's one of the top coaches in the NFL. He's a brilliant defensive mind. And I think Miami are really going to regret this decision. You can say he has flaws. Sorry, I said he has flaws. He does have flaws. Look at his views on the offensive side. He's had three offensive coordinators and three offensive line coaches in three years. I mean, that kind of betrays, does he really have an offensive philosophy? Did he have the right staff? Can he make the right staff around him in order to lead uh, a franchise effectively? Um, but that's, to me, the only shocker we've had all weekend so far through Black Monday. Everything else is kind of like, yeah, right decision, right time. <laughs> needed to be done. Can I just say, sorry, Colin, I know you want to make a point in this, but they, this GM is obviously won the, he's won the, he's won the warrior, you know, there's obviously, you know, they battled it out and he's the one that's been kept on. And this the press conference, they said the GM and the head coach weren't aligned on the plans going forward, which is, it's a power struggle. That GM skipped on Herbert and, and, and drafted to it. See, that GM is the one that messed around with the picks last year in the draft and put them in a kind of a more difficult position than where they're at. I know they got Jalen Watt in the end, but like he's done a lot of things that aren't, you know, productive in a, in a manner that brings his team forward, yeah. not the head coach. But yet, in the end, the head coach is the one that takes the, takes the fall. Yeah, that, that's it. Andrew Brandt made the point today that the Dolphins drafted two ahead of Herbert yeah. and traded the Eagles a first-round pick to move up six spots. <laughs> um, but it's the head coach who who's fired. And you, you would have to say that, you know, um, they it today is the day where you get all sorts of leaking from all sides so uh flores had issues um with everybody it was flores who wanted um deshaun watson have been some of the stories um but ultimately the the interesting thing i suppose he's had back-to-back winning seasons um his issues um particularly in the first year and this year, were slow starts. He got off to a really slow start, um, I think losing the first seven games in his first season um, and um, then went five and four uh, after that. And obviously the, um, this season, one, one and seven. 
um, and ultimately um, just missing the the playoffs again in in the end. So um, billionaires do what whatever billionaires want to do, and it, it will be very interesting to see um, what the Dolphins end up doing um, in in terms of a, a head coach and and how it works out over the the course of the next um few years but that's the the nature of this league is obviously um even if uh you know you have a winning season um unless you're you're getting to the playoffs there's no guarantee that you will retain your job incompetency there's no other word for it they'll probably go after watson thinking they're doing the right thing and Let's see if they're third or fourth and probably have a London game next year. Well done. Well uh, done, Miami. My God. Brian Flores should be at the top of the six. Well, take Dolphins out of the question. So there's five rounds available at the moment. Um, he should be the top candidate for every single one of them. They should be all clamoring the game in for an interview immediately. Yeah. Um, Michael, incompetency. He led the team to a winning record. I think he's under the ownership. I'm talking about the ownership. I'm talking about the decision to actually sack him. So I think oh, the decision to sack him. Thank God. Okay. Yeah, and decision. and there's there's been press conferences last week where Tua doesn't look happy. Or there, it just seems to be going all just all over the shop. Um, I want to very quickly. I know you don't want to talk about it too much, Mark. I'm joking. Uh, Fangio was the first one to go, uh, and the Broncos today have a request permission to interview Patriots coach Jared Mayo per sauce. Uh, Man, yes. Uh, I will just quickly round this up. I, I think it's 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 a cert that Don Quinn takes his job in a short term element because of the ownership situation. Colin, would you agree with that? Yes. You don't think Eric Bieniemy will get it? I I might no, like I, I like might like Eric Bieniemy to get it, but given the history in Colorado, I don't believe he will. I personally would love us to see to to take the the chance. I think Eric Bieniemy is well deserving of a head coaching role, but I believe, like Michael said, it will be Dan Quinn. Um, you've got the ownership issue to contend with. You've got a QB um, situation to contend with. Um, Quinn will be delighted to get a head coaching gig so soon again, and it gives him a springboard. If it works out, great. If not, a new owner comes in and can uh, clear house. Yeah, I was just going to say um, the Mayo piece, I mean, uh, to be absolutely honest with you, it's compliance with the Rooney rule requirements. Yeah, yeah. There is no way that the Broncos need a defensive-minded coach who has played linebacker and defense for in the league only uh, very recently as well. Uh, they need an offensive mind. They need someone who can fix the offense, who can identify a quarterback. So beyond me and people like this makes a lot more sense. I I would hope though that that it isn't the case that the fact that they're they're in um, interviewing a number of minority coaches means that it isn't just compliance with the Rooney rule um and mark while you might say it is offense i don't believe it, that's what they they will look at i think they will say um they can bring in a, an oc um and all the talk be it from denver media or be it even from ian rapaport who hinted strongly that um dan quinn is the the favorite and talked about his connections across the league and how he'd be able to to bring somebody in so i think that one is probably taken care of um but it's it's more what does what does minnesota do because um 
we all thought uh, you know Zimmer was going to go, but I don't know how many people thought um, that the GM would be following him out the door. I just want to very quickly thank Ron for all his comments tonight. Uh, Ron was mentioning the guy that put up thirty, uh, or the guy that is coached for a team that put up that was put up against thirty uh, for Arizona yesterday. Vance Joseph is available as a head coach for a team, uh, and yes, Colin mentioned there. Thank you, Ron. Uh, Colin mentioned there that Zimmer is out in Minnesota. The GM's out as well. Rick Spielman, been with him since 2006, I want to say. He's been GM since 2011. He's out. And Zimmer's well. a massive long, like Mark. I, I did, like, I, I, it's obvious now, but for some reason in me, I thought that Zimmer was, wasn't there for as long as 2014. So it's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. No, Zimmer, Zimmer, I mean, Zimmer's record has been reasonable a long way. Did bring them to an NFC championship game um, uh, at one point where they promptly didn't turn up. So, um, it was inevitable the way the season's gone, but clearing house completely. I mean, look at that. Two NFC North teams completely clearing house. One year after the other NFC North team completely cleared house. It's uh, remarkable how playing in the division with Aaron Rodgers ends up cleaning uh, lots of things out. I and mean, kind of reminiscent of what used to happen in the AFC East constantly. Oh, let's just change everything. Let's just change everything. It's like, oh, yeah, that's really consistent. I meant to say, actually, Michael, because Colin's kind of alluded to it, and I, I did call up Mayo and the Rooney rule applicability. I made a mistake in, a minute ago. I think I was talking about Amendola, and I said the Lions, and I meant the Texans. But that's not half as big a mistake as the NFL seems to be making in increasing diversity and minority uh, coaching uh, coaching hires. With Flores' firing, in a league that's over 70% African-American, there is now only two uh, uh, coaches of African American, head coaches of African American descent. So that is a startling statistic. And in fact, I mean, even though we've now changed the rules that draft picks are allocated if you hire minority candidates and the like, is a stunning indictment on the failure of the Rooney rule in many respects. And Steve, yeah, Stephen's comment, absolutely. Like, I mean, it it is smacks of tokenism and not really meaningful opportunity in relation to it. And that is not to be encouraged in any way. And Mark, the one of the two remaining minority head coaches who, let's remember, hasn't had a losing season in 15 years, was asked earlier in the year if he'd be taking a college job. Yeah. And um, yeah. in terms of the jobs that are available, and you guys may obviously see this differently because these are Broncos fans, but um, if you're asking which one I think is the most attractive job at the moment, there's no opening, I would go with the Vikings because they're not too far off being a, being a you know, it really probably should be a playoff team this year. And I know people have question marks over Kirk Cousins, but he's an established quarterback in the league. You get to start with him. You've got Cook, you've got Jefferson. Defense made a step up this year. They just couldn't put it together consistently in games. And they, for a large part of the season, they only lost six or seven games by less than a touchdown. They're not far off from being a, a playoff team again. I think there will be a lot of head coaches in the running I, for that job. I think, if I remember right, it's eight, Brian. I think eight. it was an NFL record. In terms of teams yeah. lost, just in, terms of, in terms of the rebuild and what's needed going into certain teams, I think Vikings are, not, are probably the team of that's there that could quickly turn their fortune around very quickly and be competitive against Packers in that division. Yeah, Mojo Dank, thank you for your comment mentioning maybe McDaniels to Minnesota. Let's see what happens. Uh, let's talk about the Bears. 
Finally, well, let's talk well, about the. I do want to go on oh, Chicago. No. no, no, Michael. One point about the Broncos. I do want to go on Chicago, but one point about it. Broncos. I can't remember who in the NFL. Um, maybe it was Rappaport. Somebody. No. Um, somebody said today is like, hang on, ten years up against Mahomes and Herbert, no quarterback, no plan to get a quarterback, a week free, a week draft uh, for quarterbacks. Why does that Broncos head coach job apparently look so inviting? I can't remember who put it out, but it looks at him. And Colin. And Good Morning Football. Oh, um, it was Colin. That's who it was. And, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's worse. Um, I, I, I wish I had Kyle Brandt's job. Um, no, it was Kyle Brandt who, who said it. Um, and uh, what will make it attractive is the millions and millions of dollars that you will be paid uh, to do the job. But I suppose, no, I mean, I get what, what Brian is saying. I think that the Vikings job is attractive, but as long as you're happy with the fact that Kirk Cousins is going to cost 40 million against the, the cap. So for a head coach, they have to be prepared to, to deal with that one and, um, and, and live, live with that. Um, I suppose the, the bears, I mean, the bears are now in, in a situation where they, they knew this was coming for some time. They knew um, on, you know, unlike Minnesota, where maybe the GM was a surprise that it was going to happen um, for uh, Pace as well. So, yeah, no, go ahead. Uh, just just want to say this to the Bears fans. Uh, I don't want Bears fans to screen grab this for this time next year. January the 11th, 10th, 2023. Um, AP Coach of the Year 2018. Head coaching record thirty four to thirty one point five two three. Okay, not, not great. Never won anything in the in, in the postseason. So you know, let's let's look at some negatives there. Uh, first season, first in the NFC North over the Packers. Third in the NFC North in twenty nineteen missed the playoffs. Second in the NFC North made the playoffs. Obviously lost in that wild card game to the Saints and uh, didn't make the playoffs this year. Had a very disappointing season this year. I completely agree with that. I can't wait to see what happens in Chicago because. Whoever's coming in must be walking in the bounty. Well, not, they, they want, the they they want Tarver. They want, like, well, the Bears fans <laughs> want Tarver. But what they, and the gas thing is, um, he's been proclaimed as like, the prodigal son will come back again. When he was quarterback, he's not the Bears, even Michigan. He has I the easiest gig in the world. I think he'll be the Raiders, but I don't think he'll be the Bears. He was the quarterback coach for the, Bears, for the Raiders back in the day. That's where he got his first starting coach was the quarterback coach, and Al Davis gave him that opportunity. So he's got ties to the Raiders. The Bears fans are going about his ties to Chicago because he was quarterback there. When he was the quarterback there, I'm old enough now. I remember him there. They didn't like him as the quarterback. You know, they haven't liked many quarterbacks in fairness, and they've had a lot. So now all of a sudden he's the answer. So I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure if you, if you're Harvard and you want to make that step away from the league, you're looking at all the opportunities that are available. Even today, it's been suggested that he go back to. Miami, because Stephen Ross and they have a relationship because he's donated to the Michigan to fund and they've got a relationship there. And he said straight away today, he's not for us. So I think it could be the Raiders. I don't the grass think isn't always greener. That's all I'll say. When he was in the NFL, he had a 70% win rate. I know he's a bit quirky. I know he had a struggle. He wants oh, I'm, sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm talking about Nagy. Sorry. I'm sorry, talking about sorry. Nagy. I, I, think, I think Chicago, uh, obviously, they're, they're, they're rebooting, but, you know, I think. It's going to take a long time. I think the GM is more important than the head coach right now. They need to get that right. They're going to interview Morocco Brown from the Colts tomorrow, and a lot of Colts uh, backroom staff will get opportunities to interview. Because, in fairness to the Colts for Ballard, their drafting has been quite good over the past few years. It's unfortunate they missed out in the playoffs, but he has done a really good job there, and you can see why people will go after their guys. 
Yeah, I mean, look, it's if you're a pyromaniac or you're a fan of the band Ash, up and down Patrick there, Michael, and they want to sing a bit of Burn Baby Burn. Um, that's Baby exactly burn. what's yeah, Burn Baby Burn. That's exactly what's going on in Minnesota and Chicago. Burn it all down and let's start again. Um, but if you're a coach looking at the opportunities, I mean, how do you rank them? I mean, what's the most attractive to you? And I think the first question is, do you have a quarterback? Um, we keep establishing it's the most important position on the field. It's pretty important. And in Miami, you've got question marks over Tua. In Chicago, I think there are still absolutely justifiable question marks over Justin Fields. Is he the second coming as was promised and proclaimed to us all? Um, so when you look around at that, I, kind of I go, don't think anyone promised that. No, no, I think I think everyone on draft night in Chicago promised. Uh, right, uh, right, come on, right. Chicago media this year have been have but been like, you, interesting. You say Colin rightly. I mean, like, oh, are you comfortable in paying Kirk Cousins? X. I'm more comfortable in paying Kirk Cousins for one season. But I am still paying Carson Wentz in Indianapolis, for example, twenty eight point four million on the cap next year, and. Kirk Cousins and Derek, Derek Carr aren't bad op options in relation to it. I mean, yes, if you're looking purely at quarterback, the most attractive thing in the world by a million miles is going to be Jacksonville. But the Raiders' job doesn't look too bad, to be really frank. I mean, frankly, after the season, anything you do has to be better in terms of consistency, in terms of a message, in terms of uh, cohesion than the, what they've gone through thus far. And you're talking about potentially taking, or you're talking about taking over, not potentially taking over a playoff team uh, with an established vet veteran quarterback. Um, so certainly, if I'm Jim Horbaugh and I'm given my choice of jobs, I'd probably stay in Michigan and swan it and uh, take the money. To be honest with you, but if I'm dying to get back in the NFL, the Raiders' job certainly looks attractive. And everybody is saying today that the attractive piece around the Bears' job is obviously the fact that they'll get a young quarterback, Justin Fields, but. As Michael loves a bit of Aslan, so how can I protect you in this crazy world? If they don't protect him in the offensive line, which has been in a complete mess this year, how are they ever going to resolve the issue? Because no matter who played a quarterback for the Bears this year, they've struggled because the offensive line has been so bad. I have got you, you've talked with Aslan, you've talked about crazy world. The lore has got rest her uh, all my life, um, changing every day. In every single way one thing that isn't changing and one thing in my opinion you, you can book this right now mr o'leary i think week one 2022 joe judge will be standing on that sideline he's not going anywhere i think he should i think it's incredible and we to be fair we haven't talked about this properly i think it's incredible that brian flores has been sacked today big fangio uh, as well um and joe judge is still on that giants i have they used the, the, the social media to try and get people's opinions? Because they don't really need it at this point. Uh, I Jay Anderson from, 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 from ESPN said she, she reckons he's staying. Personally. No, I think he so, will be gone. But I think what they've done is if you if you read through this statement in which they've released as part of Gediman being retired, or whatever you want to call it, <clears throat> anyway, he's, he's gone. The statement reads that the new GM will have full responsibility, including coaching decisions. So I think they've, they've dodged the bullet. They've... they've left it to the new GM to come in. And he was, they, they're not thinking clever there because what will happen is there'll be a GM process, he'll get hired, and then by, by then, the candidates for, G, for head coaching roles will be filled up, and then he might just have no choice but to run with, with, with Joe Judge. For yeah, but, I, think they, I think they bailed but, on it. But, sorry, Mark. Oh, go ahead, Brian, sorry. No, 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 we lost you there. You went in and out. No, no, I was just going to say, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I was just saying Michael's invoking the cranberries there. 
And unfortunately, the Giants situation from the outside looking in looks like it's the same old theme since 1916. It's in your head. It's in your head, zombie. So um, it's going to be a zombie year. Judge is still there, but I, know I, I, I think the GM will come in and Judge will stay for one more year. Are we a bit like Peyton came in? Fangio was still there, albeit it wasn't as bad a situation. I suppose if it, that does that, happen, it's a disgrace. Well, I think that might lead to who gets the role because the first time GM and I, you could. I had this conversation with Colin last week around George Payton. He came in as a first-time GM and he said, right, I'll, I'll run it back for 12 months with your current coach, but after 12 months, I'm making the decision if it's not right. And I think maybe that, like the guys have been, there are already, like there's already six guys interviewing this week. Uh, the Chiefs guys coming in, the Titans guys coming in, like there's uh, Buffalo's assistant GMs coming in. So someone from the outside is coming in and they might be thankful of that opportunity to become a GM and might say, right, we'll run it back for 12 months, then I make the call. I still don't think that'll be the case. I think he'll want his own guy. Well, sad see. day for Dave Gettleman, uh, obviously an executive Super Bowl champion with the three-time world champion Denver Broncos, and I wish him very well in the future. He also was GM who took the Panthers to Super Bowl and played against the Broncos. He did indeed. Uh, look, he's, he's some some of his draft selection and his strategy around three ages. He was was a miss, and it's put the team back in the precarious situation. But look, guys, I mean, one of the things, I mean, whether it's the Giants game or role or uh, the Chicago piece, like there's a lot of said about from a football perspective, is it the most attractive? And you said it, Michael, they've absolutely 100% got to fix the offensive line or Brian said it. If you don't do that, it's pointless. But if you get it right in that type of media market, you're a god forevermore. Like, I mean, the, the, the thing is, what still attracts about Chicago is like you could be – the you know you would be the second coming of christ jesus oh, i'm going to go to, to to hell aren't i at the moment but it would be the most amazing recovery i mean look at how the white Sox and the uh the cubs when they eventually turned around get lauded aussie gillen there from the baseball side but if you turn around the bears um there's a reason dicker still gets up you know the 85 bears still get invoked so often it's not only because it was an amazing defense an amazing team it's because they've had very little by way of success Ever since, you know, disclaimer, Rex Grossman and the uh, 2006 Super Bowl don't really count in that regard. But they've, they've been so starved um, that any coach going in there and providing that spark of magic, any quarterback going in there and providing that spark of magic will be lauded and hoisted upon people's shoulders and carried and never have to touch the ground with their feet ever again. Or something like that. Just the beauty of the NFL, there's teams in the playoffs this year that weren't there, weren't there last year. They had really poor seasons last year, and then within 12 months, they're back in the playoffs. So there's going to be a team who will get a new coach this year and and be right back where they think they should be this time next year. 50% of the teams in the playoffs this year uh, weren't yeah. there last year. I mean, the the competition committee did their job, parity across the, the league, and yeah, when you consider the, the Cards, the Bengals, the Cowboys, the Raiders, the Patriots, the Eagles, and the 49ers um, didn't participate a year ago and all have a ticket uh, to the dance, which begins next weekend. Um, it will be uh, quite quite interesting. And honestly, you could look at that like, and, and obviously there are the division winners who aren't there. But yeah, the Packers are probably um favorites but any any of those teams could go on a run when when you consider that somehow nick Foles and the eagles what a what a super bowl and all things are possible yeah 
It is. Maybe it'll be the Raiders. Maybe, Michael, maybe the Garden Rings. You know, well, not anymore. Not anymore. They done the Mayo in the bus with the priest last night. They are cursed forevermore. Uh, the tweets whenever that happened. Whoever tweeted that last night, you are the goat and you've ruined my pick for the weekend already. Um, Raiders Bengals on Saturday. Patriots Bills early Sunday morning, Mark. Philly Philly, Bucky Bucky. 49ers, America's team. Steelers, Chiefs in Big Ben's potentially final hurrah. And the let's win a few games, lose a few games and stumble over the line Cardinals going up against... Here comes the money, LA Rams. I think you can suggest by my uh, current state that I am exhausted. That's all for this show tonight. I want to thank everyone for joining in. Thank you, lads, for the crack. It's been a good laugh. And uh, Friday night, us four, Jeffrey Reinbold, maybe somebody else, maybe a GM, maybe Joe Judge will be gone by then. We'll see the crack. But uh, for now, take care. God bless. Good night. Hey, hello.